so I learned to see that whole thing differently. And it's not that the perfectionism doesn't come up or the imposter syndrome or any of that inner critic stuff doesn't come up. I just see it for what it is and I know who I am. And so it's like a train of thought. It's um, habits, it's conditioning of thought that comes through pretty much every time I approach a piece of art, I have it all come up. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hey there, passion maker. This is Miriam Shulman your curator of inspiration, and you're listening to episode number 195 of the Inspiration Plays podcast. I am so grateful that you're here with me today. Now, before I bring on our guest, I wanted to catch you up a little bit what's happening behind the scenes. So as of this recording, and I'm recording way in the in your past back into time travel back in April as of this recording I'm still living in suburbia but now I'm surrounded by boxes and if you heard me say in the podcast that I've been painting my furniture well I've actually run out of furniture to paint in my home so far in my suburban home I've painted four dressers which I sold one of them, two bookcases, my work table, the chairs that go with them, and two desks. Oh, and a bed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's more, actually. And two nightstands. (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just remembered one more thing I painted. Also, like this sideboard. I'll try to post all the pictures. Eventually, I'll get to posting them all on Instagram because it's really fun what you can do with paint. And you know, as an artist, the supplies you use, if you're, um, if you work in water media, like acrylic paint, the supplies you use for painting furniture are basically the same kind of supplies you use for painting with acrylics. I started off using leftover house paint, and now I've been using this paint called fusion mineral paint, which really it's acrylic paint, by the way. So anyway, my real estate agent who follows me on Instagram, she messaged me and she said she wouldn't have had the courage to paint her furniture. And I thought to myself, I don't know, it takes a lot more courage to sell your home of 25 years and move to a new place than it does to paint a piece of furniture. So just being an artist, and maybe you can relate to this, Every time I sit down to create, I am facing that courage, that monster, those demons, and I'm having to dig deep into my well of courage because we never know if what we're going to create is going to come out as we imagine or we hope, but that doesn't stop us from doing it, or at least it shouldn't stop you from doing it. That's why I love what my guest and I talk about in today's show. So although she's a watercolor painter and she's been a professional one for many decades, what we focused on today is managing your mind. 
Today's guest is a visual artist and creative encourager living in the Kansas City area. She loves animals, especially cats, and you'll usually find furry, feathery, and fishy friends in her work. This artist sees art as a way to connect and communicate with others. She enjoys sharing her journey and insights on YouTube, Instagram, Skillshare classes, and with her daily creating group on Facebook. She recently had a book published through Leaping Hair Press all about creativity and watercolor called Painting Happiness. She licenses her work for greeting cards, home decor, calendars, mugs, fabrics, and a host of other products. Please welcome to the inspiration place, Terry Runyon. Well, hey there, Terry. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. I'm so happy to be here. Okay. So you must have your own cats. Am I right? I, I do have my own cats. They're right next to me right here. Riley and Tucker, brother's sister. Okay. So what kind of cats do you have? I, I'm a very much a cat person. Well, here's one. Aww. This is Riley and Aww. her feet. And I'll show you her brother as well. This is Tucker. And he's kind of famous um, because he helps me with, with my artwork. Oh, there they both are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're my greatest inspirations. And I love them to death. I just, yeah, I'm so glad they're right here with me most of the time. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I'm suddenly feeling very emotional because so we are selling our home in in Westchester County and moving to the city. And my daughter, my 24-year-old moved out and part of a consolation prize for her was, I said, you could have the cat, my cat, Ebony. Maybe I think my cat's now, it's her cat. And I really <laughs> miss having the cat with me in the studio. And I told yeah. my husband, there, there's another cat in my future. I'm sorry. Yes. It's hard, hard not to have our furry friends next to us. Right. Because I'm just talking to myself all day. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they they actually actually act like they're listening to me when I'm talking to them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> so my cat's a tuxedo cat, which I love the tuxedos that you have on your artwork, and I'm sure I've seen your artwork before on products or somehow come across it because it just your style is you have a very distinctive style that seems familiar to me. So Thank yeah. You. Really, really glad that you're here. How long have you been doing art licensing? I started licensing after I worked for Hallmark for 30 years as an in-house artist, did some tuxedos there as well. So, you, you know, you might see it on products like Hallmark products, but also um, after I left there in 2016, I retired to paint some large scale paintings, but I ultimately, inevitably, after a year of that, I went back to illustration. And around that time is when I started licensing my work outside Hallmark, that is. Yeah. So what kinds of products um, would we find your kitties on right now if we were going to go looking for them? Calendars are not out yet for this year, but they will be coming out for next year, that is. And um, books, let's see, mugs, t-shirts, pillows, uh, licensing on cards. Wow, it's, it's just escaping me. There's other things they're licensed on. Jewelry, the recent one. Working on some puzzles. Those aren't out yet. Cool. These are all the things that I'm like, okay, yes. 
Tote my bags. daughter and me, and me. Oh, and so I, what I saw that I absolutely, I mean, I loved all of it. But recently, I was looking when I was looking at your Instagram. You have this adorable picture, and it's woman and the hairdos. Each hairdo is a cat. That <laughs> one killed me. I try to do one of those every week. It's called cat hashtag cat on head Wednesday. So I started that back when I was still working at Hallmark in 2016. And I don't know why I put cats on heads other than the fact that these kitties will lay on my head whenever I'm lying down. And I do have a friend from Hallmark that her cat actually sits on top of her head when she's standing up, which is oh nuts. Oh my gosh. But a typical cat behavior. So uh, yeah, I do a cat on head Wednesday, every Wednesday or most Wednesdays. So um very fun. And I like to see how many different ways I can represent that. So my cat does not even sit on my lap. She's like a room cat. She keeps me company, but not a lap cat, unfortunately. No. So well, maybe the new one you get in your new place will That's be right. more no. cuddly. Exactly. More of a cat hat. Exactly. We, the only problem is I, like my daughter's coming to visit. She's like, well, what about Ebony and, and the new cat? And they're not going to get along. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll put them in a different room. I don't know. <laughs> we have our priorities. Oh, I, I need a cat back in my life very soon. <laughs> Losing an Most ear. everyone needs a cat or a dog or something. Yes, a pet. It's amazing yeah. how much, you know, so for a very long time, we didn't have a pet because I'm allergic to cats, actually. And I made the decision about 11 years ago. I didn't care. <laughs> I actually just, am allergic yeah. as well. Oh, you are? Yeah. I just, my eyes have yeah. a little reaction to them, but um, yeah, not so much that I would torture myself and not have a cat. Exactly. <laughs> and I decided it was my decision to make. Like other people couldn't make that decision for me, but I could make the decision. And that, that is correct. And I think I got like a little bit conditioned to my own cat. Like I'm not as allergic to my own cat as I, but sometimes like when she, so she here in the suburb, she goes outside, she brings in pollen, she brings in dust. And I think I'm more allergic to that with her. But when I see other people's cats, I tend to react more than I do with my yeah. own. Well, hopefully your new kitty will be even less so that you'll react other than just well, the reaction she, of love. She'll be an apartment cat. So yeah. she won't be bringing there that won't be going out. That's yeah. right. There'll be no going out in that cat's life. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So have you been painting cats like this whole time, like the whole career of Hallmark also included cats? Well, whenever I could, I like to paint or draw cats, but I started when I was young. I used to draw horses a lot, which, you know, every, Kids love horses anyway. So, um, and dogs, I was really into drawing and painting dogs. But, you know, in the last 30 years or so, it's been more geared towards cats. Uh, when I worked at Hallmark, I didn't have a lot of choice about what I drew a lot of the time. I had all kinds of different animals and people that I would include in my work. But since leaving there, I, I focus much more heavily on cats, dogs, but mostly cats. There's not an animal I don't like. Okay. They're very fun, very fun to draw. And I assume that's what you teach in your classes, how to draw different animals. Is that right? I have different classes. I have a class on finding your style. I have a class on watercolor, a class on cut paper. Just released a class on embracing the wonky on Skillshare. These are all on Skillshare. And there is a bent towards doing cats in most of my classes, but I also do dogs and birds and 
all kinds of different things. Nice. Okay. And tell us a little bit about your book then. So how long have you been working on this book? Painting Happiness, Creativity with Watercolors started a year or two ago. I connected with Leaping Hair Press. They actually got a hold of me. They knew my fault. They knew my Instagram account and asked if I would be interested in doing a book. So we talked about it. And this book has mindfulness in it, watercolor, creativity in general. And it talks a lot about the things that artists run up against in their creative life, the inner critic, perfectionism, feeling like you're blocked, that sort of thing. Not only that, but it also goes into how to use watercolor and a lot of different projects too. So it blends both the how-to as well as the mindset? Correct. Wow, that's really great. I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah. So, you know, my top interest is helping artists remember who they are on a grand scale, like their inherent worth and their inherent creativity and seeing their art as a as an expression of that, but not an indication of their value. Mm. And taking that heaviness off the artist to have to perform or do the right thing or or get the illustration right. It's more about having fun and exploring creativity, having a conversation with creativity, rather than it meaning anything about you. What do you say to artists who are either, I'm not sure where to enter this conversation. So I met somebody on the train once when I was sharing that I was an artist and I was so sad for this person because she was so blocked about screwing up that she didn't even want to take an art class. And do you feel like you can help people like that who are, you know, they're, they're so afraid to even try. I was at that place in my life. I mean, I did art as a kid, but quickly developed a very strong perfectionist tendency Mm. and very comparing and very, you know, I kind of had a sense that I wasn't good enough just personally. And so the art became too much an indication of me, of how good I am as a person rather than just art, you know, and, and my worth being different. So I spent a lot of time getting clear about who I am and my inherent value without having to earn it. You know, it's just, it's all of our birthrights. So that was a big part of my journey and the art piece and knowing that the art is an expression of creativity, but not linked to personal value. That whole thing kind of brought it all together so that I went from thinking I wasn't even an artist. Even when I was working at Hallmark, I had a really hard time with imposter syndrome and thought I was only an artist based on my last piece of artwork. And now I had to prove myself again. And it was pretty intense. So I learned to see that whole thing differently. And it's not that the perfectionism doesn't come up or the imposter syndrome or any of that inner critic stuff doesn't come up. I just see it for what it is. And I know who I am. And so it's like a train of thought. It's um, habits, it's conditioning of thought that comes through pretty much every time I approach a piece of art, I have it all come up and I know what it is. I can name it and not push against it or try to get rid of it. It naturally, as thoughts do, will go out of my brain the less attention I give to it. Okay. So there's so many questions now I have about this. Okay. Okay. So first of all, let's do it. All right. How, how long ago did you do this self-development work. 
how did you find that the work that you needed to do on yourself? It was actually when I was, let's see, around 31, I had kind of a crisis situation happen and started looking into, well, I always kind of looked into self-help stuff throughout my whole life because I, I was struggling with my own worth. I really didn't feel good about myself most of the time unless I was somehow performing. And so that was something was always part of my life. But I, and when I was 31, it was after I started a Hallmark, I started opening up to a more spiritual perspective on things. And that's when the big changes started happening as far as my sense of who I am. And over the years, it's kind of been a roller coaster, you know, forgetting, remembering, forgetting, remembering, forgetting. And that still happens. But the foundation of knowing that I'm okay and that we're all okay doesn't waver. Even when I'm forgetting, I still know that that's the truth, regardless of what my head's telling me. So that's developed over time and is really a foundational for me over probably the last 10 years. And who would you say be the influential thought leaders that have helped you with this journey? Wow, there's just so many things I've done over the last 60 years. (laughs) I'm turning 65 this year, actually. You look amazing, there, by the way. Uh, thank you. It's the cats. I'm telling you. I know. The more you That's hang what out I'm going to tell my husband. You, <laughs> you know, like you want a young hot wife, you got to let me have yeah, a cat. Exactly. Or two. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to work with A Course in Miracles, which is an amazing book for turning your mind around. Um, I've been involved with Three Principles more recently. And now I'm more non-duality, spirit, pretty much anything that points back at our inherent wellness, our inherent worth is what interests me at this point, because it really encapsulates that whole idea encapsulates where all this journeying has brought me. So whether we have a great conversation here and it goes perfect and all that, it would be wonderful and a huge bonus if we had this perfect call and everything and this perfect podcast, but I know I'm okay no matter what happens. And that is something that I'm just so grateful for every day. Mm. I recently listened to an interview with Julia Cameron. So she wrote The Artist's Way and that was 30 years ago. And I came across it then 30 years ago and I read it and I didn't, I don't think I realized until I listened to this interview actually, that it is a spiritual practice that she yeah. talks about in the book. So I right now I'm like, I really need to go back to the artist way. Because the only thing I had really retained from th- when I read it 30 years ago is you have to write three pages. Right. And yeah, I wasn't receiving all the other gifts that she really puts in there that you're really making a request to the universe, how you're giving your allowing, you know, the the divine to go through you when you create. I was like, wow, these are all messages that I really need to revisit now in this other chapter of my life and the next phase of my life. So by the way, I'm 53. So okay. you can't tell well, how you look old- incredible as well, but you will look even better when you get those kitties. <laughs> no, I need kitties. <laughs> no, I have to tell people because the zoom filter is very flattering. <laughs> I, I don't like to, to meet people over Skype or Microsoft Teams. That's what my publisher likes. They like Microsoft Teams. I was like, oh, dear God, please no. Can't we just do it on Zoom? I look 10 years younger on Zoom. Yeah. So that's why I was just asking you, like, who would be your guides? But I wouldn't have even have thought 
to say Julia Cameron because I hadn't realized how spiritual actually her practices are until I recently listened to that interview. And I was like, oh, it's time to go back. I'll have to revisit that because I read that book also back in the day, you know, and I think that we're so conditioned throughout life until we have this opening happen that we do keep going back to the same old way of thinking because it's, it's a habit, it's conditioning. And it still happens, like I said, for me, but I just see it for what it is. And before I thought it was just true. I thought everything that popped into my head was true. Right. Right. And a lot of us do. Yeah. We believe everything that that comes into our head. We need a bumper sticker that says, not everything you think is true. Right. Don't believe anything you think. Right. You know, it's just... So um, also, I wanted to bring up, oh, now I'm forgetting your name, Big Magic. You mean um, Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. yes. I really loved Big Magic because she talks about what you just said about the creativity is sort of floating around and uh, it, you know, we just sort of tap into it and it comes through us and there's not that sense of responsibility for the creativity. You know, your responsibility, if there is one, is to show up and be open and play. Right. And I just love that. I love what she's... So Elizabeth Gilbert says a lot of things, but what I didn't know was that Julia Cameron actually said it first, not to take anything Uh, away from Elizabeth Gilbert. That's a masterpiece of a book that only she could have written. And it doesn't matter if things have been said in different ways before. But... That's why I said it's time to go back to look at the artist's way because she says, she said something about her writing, how I will take care of the quantity and God will take care of the quality. That's beautiful. I know, right? And I was like, huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I've more recently visited with the big magic and I I think too, I will also go back and and take a look at the artist's way again. Yeah. Big magic is beautiful. Yeah. There's so much that we, these things are common to humans, these ideas. And they come through a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And I'm basically sharing around the same thing. It's just a different voice, a different way of coming through part of my creativity that flows through me. So we all have it. We all have a unique way of talking about it and expressing it. Well, people need to hear it from you in the way that you're telling it. And that was with the book I'm writing, sometimes I would have my own imposter syndrome, like, why do they even need this book? You know, like, everything I'm saying, it's been said, you know, and other people have said it, and who am I to write? I had huge, actually, imposter syndrome. My therapist made extra money from me during during the book writing (laughs) process, like, oh. So yeah, it's interesting, because you think, or at least I thought back when I first started, in each different phase of my career, when I get to this certain point, I won't have to deal with those feelings anymore. And it's not true. Yeah. You continue to deal with them in, in a different way. And that the bigger you get, the bigger game you're playing because there's more people watching. Yeah. Yeah. And our old thinking, our old conditioning wants to make a big deal out of it. You know, it wants to say, wow, you're really popular now, you know, and you better keep that Instagram count up or whatever list of things that I think my thinking says I need to do to be okay. And I see it all as part of this habits. You know, it's just stuff I I picked up when I was growing up that I thought was true. And I know now that it isn't, but that doesn't mean it doesn't pop up just like it used to. It may pop up slightly less now because, or it comes through quicker, like Mm. it, it passes through quicker. So I don't, 
spend as much time with it or pay attention to it like I used to. What tools do you use to help manage your mind? Getting back into meditation, I seem to have come and go out of that. I I try to sit daily and practice coming back to my breath and noticing thoughts that come up and letting them go through. I think that practice is really just like what happens when you're doing life, you know, that you're going along and out of the blue, this whole train of thoughts will start taking you down that, who am I to be an author? Who am I to be a artist. I'm not an artist. I'm not an author. And all that stuff that comes up and off we go to the therapist, right? I've been with you on that one. So I think that the meditation is helpful in being able to see that that thinking process go through and be able to sit in your own sense of who you are and see that go through. It'll bring up feelings. It'll bring up all this stuff, but see it for what it is. So that practice has been a major one for me. And Connecting with like-minded people is really helpful. Continuing to talk about it, teaching classes and talking about it has been really helpful. And, you know, that's the type of thing that keeps me connected with that. What I like about meditation is, the meditation that at least that I practice and others different kinds, but it's not so much about not trying not to think, but just noticing when you have a thought and then trying to observe that you're thinking and like a cloud going, there's a cloud I'm thinking and let it go. Mm -hmm. And after I started doing my meditation practice and I use the daily calm app, that's what I do, Mm -hmm. which is good. But then sometimes I'm like, well, it's my phone. (laughs) I don't want to be on my phone anymore. Right. Yeah. After I started meditating with that and doing that practice of like noticing what I'm thinking, my husband had a few months later, he started saying, hey, I noticed you, you don't see as angry with me as you used to. And he was right that I would get angry, but then I wouldn't hold on to the those angry thoughts, which is what yeah. I used to do is that I would keep making myself have a feeling over and over again and ruminate over it. What I found the most helpful part about meditation is you have thoughts, you have feelings, but I process them and let them go much faster than before I started meditating. So it's like has a long-term effect. You get a point of view that's outside of that habitual pattern of thinking and ruminating. Right. Because you can observe yourself having a feeling or observe yourself having a thought, and then it helps you recognize, oh, it's just a thought. Right. Not noticing truth or something in the world. Right, yes. And thoughts are transient and they just keep going. The only thing that keeps them alive and keeps the ruminating going is when we don't see it and we just think it's true and go down the road with it. Right. And I still go down the road with it, but I recognize it sooner than I used to and I don't have to go as far down the road most of the time. Hey, if perfectionism or calling yourself an artist has been a challenge for you as well, you're going to want to check out the other podcast episodes that I've done on managing your mind, both solo episodes and those I've invited guest experts to chat with me on the topic. To help you sift through all the shows, we've curated a mindset playlist just for you. To get your hands on the mindset playlist, go to shulmanart.com forward slash playlist. On that page, you'll actually see several different curated playlists, but I believe the mindset one is at the bottom. So scroll down 
and enter, enter your name and email, and we'll send that playlist straight to your inbox. And now back to the show. Okay, so your book is coming <laughs> out really soon. I can't wait to get my hands on it. People can get that in the bookstores and Amazon, right? Yes, it's, um, it's already available in the UK and different places in Europe. And I think it's here in some places, like, but I don't think it's distributed everywhere yet. So it, on Amazon, I don't know what they're saying right now, but it kind of changes every day when that book's going to be in. I wish I could give a firm date but it's been uh, held back by the whole COVID backup with shipping and that. So yeah, I am going to get some in my shop and sell uh, some signed copies there. And that should be maybe next week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Okay. So by the time this airs, next week will be in the past. So we're time oh. traveling. Yeah. So this is being published either in May or even June. I have, I have to double check. So hopefully by then they'll be able to get the book wherever they are. And again, the name of the book is Painting Happiness with Terry Runyon. And we will include a link to that in the show notes, which is shulmanart.com forward slash 195. Excellent. Okay. By the way, don't forget, if you like this episode, then you'll have to check out my free mindset playlist. We've curated the podcast episodes that focus on managing your mind. So if imposter syndrome or perfectionism or calling yourself an artist has been a struggle for you, and you liked what we talked about here today, you're going to love those other episodes. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash playlist. And by the way, If you're a watercolor artist or you want to be and you want to get the complete supply list of all the watercolor supplies I use to paint, whether those are realistic portraits or other watercolors, you're going to want to make sure you get your hands on that. So just go to shulmanart.com forward slash supplies. And don't worry. We're going to link all these things in the show notes today so you can go there and grab everything you want. They're going to be all linked, shulmanart.com forward slash 195. Okay, so Terry, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? I just encourage everyone to get into their studio or to their typewriter or with their camera and to play for five minutes a day to stay connected with their creativity, to keep that conversation going. And notice that when you have something that says you're blocked or you don't don't feel inspired, that's part of the habits of thought that go through. The fact of the matter is, is we all are creative, that creativity is just there, whether or not we feel it or not. If we're not feeling it, it's only because our thinking is kind of going around and telling us that we're blocked or, you know, that we don't have that talent. But we can ignore that thinking and realize that our creativity is always available to us. I love that. Starting in is a big way to find that. (laughs) I love that. So thanks so much for taking the time to be here with us today, Terry. Thank you. All right, everyone. I will see you the same place, same time next week. Stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com.